April 24th, Pat and Wes along with you. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key to like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We kick off this hour by saying hello to a very busy gentleman. So uh, Monday for Walker Dewar entailed signing a brand new two-year contract extension with the team. One-way deal both years, 825000 on the AAV. It also entailed practice for the Calgary Wranglers. And in a couple of days, it involves game one of their second round series with the Abbotsford Heaton to kick off this hour. We say hello to Walker Dewar, who joins us here on Flames Talk to uh, talk about a busy day for himself. Walker, uh, you're on with Pat and Wes. Appreciate the time, Matt. How uh, how are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm doing good. Exciting times. Thanks for having me. No problem. What uh, Walk us through the last uh, couple of days and how we got to a new two-year extension with the Flames. Um, yeah, last few days, I just heard from my agent. Uh, we had a few conversations that um, he said that contract talks uh I kind of started up and that uh, we'd probably be getting to a deal here in the next couple of days. So that was a few days ago and yeah, it went, went really smooth and you know, it was happened quickly. So that's, that was good. And yeah, it's been an exciting time and happy to get one signed. So do you, uh, when you, when you actually sign the contract, take us through putting pen to paper. What was, uh, what was today like? Um, yeah, it's kind of a surreal time. It's, um, something that you dream of and something that's really exciting for not only myself, but for my family and, um, and my friends. So it's, yeah, it's a really cool time and, um, really special. So it's, it's funny cause here you are, you, you, you kind of burst onto the scene this past year, you get into 27 games and you turn yourself into regular in the second half of the regular season. But, you know, if you even go back to when you first signed with the team and when you first uh, got into those games after your college career at Minnesota State came to an end, I, did, did you ever see Did you ever see it going the way that it has? Obviously, you have confidence in yourself, but did you ever see it kind of getting to the point it is now as quickly as it's gotten to the point it is now? Um, yeah, kind of like you said that, um, you kind of have that confidence in yourself always in the back of your mind. And you always have that hope too, that, um, this is where you want to be someday. And, you know, that's kind of how you want to establish yourself, but yeah, it's happened pretty quickly. And, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of all just surreal and, you know, honestly reflecting on this past year with the flames, it's still pretty surreal and, you know, just something that I'm really grateful for to be able to get that opportunity this year and just kind of be able to run with it so it's really grateful for my time and being able to show myself when you say surreal how how do you reflect on this past season and and what you were able to accomplish at at the american league and and now at the nhl level yeah i think it'll take a little time to digest right now i mean still still kind of in the thick of it right now with the wranglers and we're getting 
geared up here to go on a long playoff run. So, um, yeah, I think I think maybe I'll be able to sit back and kind of look at this season and, you know, sign on the contract maybe once, once summer hits and once I'm just kind of relaxed and be able to kind of digest it all. Walker Dewar is with us, signs a new two-year contract extension with the Calgary Flames. Uh, I know Wes has got some uh, some fun questions for you as well, and we'll we'll get into some of the nitty-gritty hockey stuff and, and the Wranglers, but I did want to ask you if, you, if you look back to when you're playing at Minnesota State and when the NHL and pro hockey starts to become a reality for you. I, I've talked to a few people about this and, and how it all came to be, but how do you how do you remember when you first started realizing that the Flames had an eye on you and, and here was an NHL team that was really interested in you as your college career was wrapping up? Yeah, I think, um, I think around my junior year, uh, I started to get a little bit more interest from NHL clubs and then I kind of just transpired into my my senior season, especially into the second half of my senior season. I I think I kind of had an idea that there was a good amount of eyes on me from NHL clubs, and you know I didn't I didn't really do too many conversations with clubs during the season just because I want to stay kind of focused on task at hand. But once our season wrapped up there, and I talked to my agent uh, pretty quickly after that the season had ended, and um. You know, we had some talks between ourselves and then with, with other clubs. Uh, you know, I got a sense that the Flames were um, a really good fit for myself, and, you know, it's, it's turned out to be that way. So did uh, when, because I've talked to to Conroy about this, I've talked to a couple of other people at the Flames about this, like they were always like, it seemed like whenever they were there watching you, you did something, you're like, holy, another unbelievable play from Walker Dewart. I would imagine that's all coincidence, but have you ever ever heard that, that every time they were there, you seemed to do something crazy? Yeah, I had a similar conversation with with Connie that um, every time they kind of were there, watching that um i was having a pretty good game so yeah i mean um call it coincidence or whatever i mean it's it's yeah, it's kind of funny that it worked out that way and like i said i'm just super grateful that you know that i was able to sign with them initially out of college and you know i'm really excited to be back for another two years another two years for walker dewar contract extension signed with him and the flames earlier on monday he's joining us here exclusively on flames talk pat and wes gilbertson as well wes congratulations walker yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. I, I'm just curious, and I know that you you said it's all feels a little bit surreal right now, but to put your signature on not just another contract, but a one way contract at the NHL level, what's that mean to a guy? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty significant. I won't use the word surreal again. I'm sure <laughs> that'll be used enough for myself. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's something that you dream of, and it's kind of a goal you set for yourself once you once you get to the pro level you want to you want to establish yourself and you want to get a contract kind of like that so you know it's it's something super special for myself and you know it's it's something that uh, I can kind of put off onto with my family and my significant other and friends too that have helped me um get to get to this point if you don't mind and I know Pat already asked you about your NCAA career I, I want to take you way back because you're a guy who left home at, at a really young age to get the opportunity to play triple a hockey to sort of advance your own career can can you just take us through your journey a little bit you know what the the chase to become the 
the first guy from South Dakota to score a goal in the NHL looked like for you? Yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey for sure, and it's I'll start off with kind of back to family and stuff that I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at today if they went to made those sacrifices from the long road trips and all the money that they that they shelled out for me to to play at that AAA level and to move away from home early. But yeah, it was I won't take you through every step because it's a I could have you here for a while. But yeah, it started early when I was 14, moving away from home with my brother and myself and. It was it was a long journey and followed up with another year away from home and then then I got into the USHL and then college from there. So yeah, it's been a it's been a long hard journey, but you know I've always had my goals in, in mind to, to play at the NHL level and you know it's something that if I were to do it all over again, I don't really think I would change anything because it's, it's uh, worked out. I'm super grateful for that. Understanding you you haven't been home and and, and hopefully with the Wranglers playoff run you won't be home for for a long while yet, but are you able to get a, a sense what this has meant in, in South Dakota? Um, yeah, I've kind of lived through my parents a bit. They still go out to the local rink and stuff a bit. And I'm um, just even from when I got called up this year and scored a little bit. And I think they had a few posters of me put up around the rink and stuff. So my mom, every time I talk to my parents, they say it might be a little bit different coming home now. So I think it's I think it's something that the state of South Dakota and the city of Sioux Falls especially is really proud of. You know, it's I'm I'm proud to be that that face and you know kind of lead the charge for young kids growing up there. What what's the what's the ruling on that? Like, can you ask your mom to take one of those posters down at the rink so you can see one when you get home, or how's that work? Uh, I've gotten a few pictures from, uh, okay. from a friend of mine and from from my parents. They've they kind of showed me what's going on there, but yeah. it's it's kind of cool how they've gotten behind me. Uh, just last one for from me and, and Pat and I talked about this earlier on the show about the impact that uh, Trevor Lewis had in in terms of a guy who's been through it all at the NHL level, who has his name engraved on that big shiny prize. What what did he mean to you as you got your feet wet at the NHL level? Um, yeah, I think I think Lou was was a huge influence on you know me getting finding a little bit of success up here and just some consistency in the lineup. I think um, every day you kind of see him putting in the work behind the scenes, and then you obviously see finished product on the ice each and every day. But I think just seeing what he does behind the scenes, you know, getting his body right and, you know, taking care of himself and being a good pro all around, I think is something that I was able to watch and learn and learn a lot from him and, you know, just, Playing playing in NHL games with him on a consistent basis was a was a pretty calming effect. Um, I think is the appropriate word, just because he was you know he was always there in my corner, helped me out by a tough shift or if I had any questions. He was he was a really easy guy to play with, and I'm uh, really grateful to be able to have that opportunity. We're chatting with Walker Dewar, brand new two year contract extension with the Flames after a, a really great second pro year for Walker, uh, getting into 27 NHL games with the Flames, now gearing up for the Calder Cup playoffs, which start for the Wranglers on Wednesday. More on that in a second, Walker, but I did, I did have to ask you. So you're a, you're a Sioux Falls guy. Uh, so the, the first, I think that was the second U.S. city I ever visited doing play by play. Like we're talking 15, almost 20 years ago now, doing baseball play by play of the, the Sioux Falls Canaries. Uh, and, and I, I was there on first time I was ever there was on July 4th. And it was, it was cool to see like Independence Day in a Midwest U.S. city. It was super neat. But were you, uh, were you a Canaries guy at all growing up? 
I was a big fan growing up. Actually, I was huge into catching the foul balls and trying to bug the pitchers from the from the away <laughs> team at the bullpen, trying to get trying to get balls for mom. So yeah. I've been to uh, quite a few games growing up uh, for the Canaries. That uh, that that building's like 150 years old or something like that. But they 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 revamped it pretty nice. Hey, it's actually a pretty cool spot to go watch a baseball game. Yeah, it's got a like a big field, kind of big uh, field kind of feel, and uh, but it's also a small little place to be able to catch a good baseball game. So yeah, it's, it was right across the rink from the junior team USHL yeah. team played so I went to a lot went to I spent a lot of time in that area going up how uh how proud are you to you know we talk all the time about South Dakota we make the jokes about highest scoring South Dakota player in NHL history all that type of stuff but when you think about it and, and now that here you're taking another step in your NHL career and your pro career how how proud are you to represent South Dakota represent Sioux Falls on the biggest stage of them all yeah, I guess I really haven't had a um, time to think about, uh, you know, being proud about it, I guess. But uh, I think it's uh, really cool just to be able to, you know, kind of have that next to my name, that um, first ever NHL player from South Dakota. And, you know, I just hope it kind of paves the way for other yeah. kids growing up there because I know hockey's hockey's gotten extremely popular there. So I think it'll be pretty cool to see what kids are able to do in the years to come. Okay, just a few more. When when did you know this year that, hey, you know what? The NHL, this this is where I belong. And I know you don't want to get complacent or comfortable or anything like that, but when did you first realize that, yeah, I this is a league that I can play in? Was it last year when you got into your first game? Was it after scoring your first goal this year? I'm just curious as to when you felt it click for you. Yeah, I think I think it all goes back to last year. That was kind of a just a huge step for me. My first year pro, being able to learn a lot. You know, I was able to get a full season pretty much with the uh, with the Ben Stockton Heat, and then the one game with the Flames. That was good to get a lot of my jitters out, just kind of being around, you know, the NHL group and that kind of atmosphere, and then being able to get my one game in, and then we went on a long run with the Heat last year. I think I was just able to kind of establish my game as a pro hockey player, and I think I was just able to take that into this year right away with the with the Wranglers. And when I got called up, I just I wanted to kind of establish myself right away, and you know, not have any regrets, and kind of not hold back at all. And you know, I think after those when I first got called up in St. Louis, there I was, you know, you fight the nerves a little bit in the first game, but you know, you kind of try to build off of those positives that you did in the first game, and felt pretty good after the first game. So. And I just tried to kind of take that game and kind of run with it. Now that you have got some NHL games under your belt and now you've signed this contract, you get the opportunity to keep playing and to go on a potential long playoff run with this Wranglers group. Just how how much of an opportunity do you see that as for for you and, and to keep your season going here? Yeah, I think it's great for myself. Uh and I get to get to join a group that, for for the most part, I've obviously spent a good chunk with the whole team, and then a lot of these guys I've been with for like a year and a half now. So, you know, it's not it's not hard at all coming back and transitioning into being with these guys and and then the Wranglers' room. So I think it's you know it's really special to be able to do something. I think they've 
really special group and it shows what they what they did in their regular season what they're able to accomplish and you know be since being back here it's it's been great they've welcomed me back with open arms and you know it's exciting you know i can learn a lot from this it's it's a really good level hockey and it's playoffs time so it's um it's always a different game in playoffs and it's something that i think will help me out we've got your coach coming on a little bit later on this hour how's how's the uh how's the group feeling what's the mood like going into game one on wednesday um i think it's good i think honestly everybody's kind of jumping at the bit you know we've been we're watching the nhl playoffs on tv and we're watching the hlt um playoffs too so i think i think we're kind of had enough of practicing and i think we're I think we're really excited to get out on the ice of the dome and you know play against somebody else, not ourselves. Um, last one for you. So you're uh, as as you talked about to bring it all full circle right to the beginning of the interview. So you're a guy that that you're getting ready for the playoffs and and you're focused on the Calder Cup playoffs and what's going on with the Wranglers. So are you you're repped uh, Dean Grillo at O2K is your guy and. So are you just do you just leave it all to him and let him do all the work on a contract or are you involved at all or do you just try to not think about that stuff? Um yeah, I think he he kind of takes the the brunt of the work and you know he he told me that um kind of when the season was wrapping up with the Flames there that we'll possibly be trying to get it get it done here soon but he hadn't heard too much yet and now I think in a few days after that talk he Gave me the heads up that the green light had started with uh, negotiations. So I mean, he he handles most of that work. He kind of comes back and forth with me to how the talks are going. But you know, he handles the negotiations. And um, yeah, I think he did a great job. And it it was great to work with the Flames and him. That's awesome, man. Well, first of all, congratulations on the deal. I know that's probably got to be something really comforting going into a playoff run now with the Wranglers, and I would suggest just as importantly, good luck uh, in Game 1 on Wednesday against Abbotsford. Really appreciate the time today, Walker. Congrats on the deal. Thanks so much for doing this, hey? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. That is Walker Dewar. He has signed a new two-year contract extension with the Flames. It's a one-way deal, two years, $825,000. $825,000. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out our deliveries at 403-248-3344. And Wes, that's, uh, that's a guy that, that you know, as, as we talked about in, in hour one of the program, there's a guy that deserves the extension and deserves a little bit more security than just the one-year deal. And is also a guy that I think we're all penning in for an opening day roster spot for next season. Yeah, and I I think you just heard at, at least I hope you just heard in the last twenty minutes. And, and if if you happen to miss most of it live, please go back and listen to the podcast when it's posted. I think you just heard why this is such an easy guy to root for. And I don't just say this from a fan perspective. This is a guy that the organization has really been rooting for since they made that initial investment in him and you yeah. will hear nothing but good things about walker Dewar. he's the guy who stays in his lane who works his butt off who who was in that fittest flame conversation he's done all the right things and that's so cliche but he he really has to put himself in this position and you're absolutely right he's a guy who showed in 27 appearances this season that he sure looks like he's ready to be a full-time NHLer. Yep. And I think 
the next step is to show with that one-way contract that he can be in every night NHL. We talked about Trevor Lewis as a guy that just, you couldn't take him out. He was too important to your penalty kill. He was too reliable. Uh, He had a, you know, he was one of the coach's favorites. And so he played 82 games. Well, that's the next step for Walker Dewar is not only be a guy who's on a one-way deal, because you're going to have 14 forwards probably on the team, be a guy who brings that speed, who brings that energy, who brings that secondary scoring, who you can't take out of the lineup. And it's not going to be a seamless transition in terms of going from a guy who's played 27 games to a guy who can't come out of the lineup, but that's the next challenge for Walker Dewar today. Congratulations to Walker Dewar on a two-year contract extension with the team. Uh, About uh, 10 minutes time or so, we'll hear from his head coach, Mitch Love, joins us for his regular Monday hit as well to break down this Wranglers playoff series that starts on Wednesday at the Dome, Wranglers and Abbotsford Canucks. By the way, before we get into the next topic, somebody texts 960-960. Gents, I had a question as a guy who's new to the AHL playoffs. Uh, why does the higher seed play games 1-2 at home and then 3-4-5 on the road, no home ice advantage? Well, the answer is simple but convoluted. So, as I first of all, they play best of five in round two, then they go to best of seven after that. But for the Wranglers, they are in the Pacific Division. And the Pacific and Central Divisions in the American League are a little bit more spread out than their two divisions out east, where everybody's bus rides away. So in the e- two eastern divisions, they do the two two one playoff format in a best of five because travel is a whole lot easier and you're not hopping on commercial planes in the central and the Pacific, like Calgary and Abbotsford is not a hop, skip and a jump. That's not a fun, easy bus ride. If they were playing in California, it's even longer and they're flying commercial. So they go two, three in the best of five and they allow the higher seed to choose whether they want the first two games at home or the last three games at home. And in a best of five, the fr- even more so than a best of seven, genius uh, genius analysis here from Steinberg, but even more so in a best of seven, those first two games are crucial. You can have a stranglehold in a series and be on the verge in two games. And so to have those games at home is typically deemed more important than having the last three games at home because you might not even play two of those last three games. So you're guaranteeing yourself two home games as opposed to maybe not. And it's also a winner's mindset. Like, we're going to win the first two games, and then we're going to wrap it up on the road. So Coachella Valley did the same thing. Uh, They're starting their first two games at home and then playing, if necessary, three on the road. So that's why there is a home ice advantage, and the Wranglers decided to go with games one and two on home ice as opposed to games three, four, and five. And and in a gate-driven league, it also gives, and I'm not sure this was a business decision for the Flames organization, but it also gives the top seed the chance to guarantee themselves two games at home. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, in, in a league that just leans so heavily on, on putting butts in the seats, that that's also part of it. But I, I think, and you could look through the history of it and the AHL's playoff format just changed recently, but... I think this would be a no-brainer for most teams. You, The last thing you want to do is say, well, we'll take all three, and then you're down two rip. Let's say if you lose both on the road, and, and suddenly you, you know, your backs are against the wall, your season is on the line coming home for your three games. And so 
I think this just makes too much sense, not only Agreed. for the Wranglers, but for every top seed. Now, if it's 2-2 and you don't have the home ice advantage that you've worked so hard for in that last game, it's kind of a bummer. And, and yet I understand why in the AHL, that's the way they go about it. So congratulations to Walker and happy 31st birthday to Tyler Toffoli. Uh, we'll talk about him before we bring in Mitch Love, the head coach of the Wranglers. Uh, happy 31st to Tyler Toffoli from one positive story in Walker Dewar to maybe the most positive story of the season in Tyler Toffoli. 73 points, 34 goals, both career highs. Wes, he bettered. I did this math on my own. And at first I said 25 points, and then I changed it. He bettered his uh, career best by 15 points. 58 plus um, 15 is 73. 58 plus 25 is 83. So I was wondering what that stack of scrap paper over there was. Was that you doing the math division. on that? Yeah, yeah. division. It's uh, impressive. Thank you. I got, I got to get one right, even though I wrote down on the rundown 25. I'm like, nope, that sounds <laughs> wrong. It's 15. Uh, bettered his uh, career best point total by 15 points this year. And now enters the final year of a contract. And we talked about this a little bit last week in a very similar circumstance with Nikita Zadorov based on what they said about, uh, what, I don't know, a little bit more than a week ago, about 10 days ago on Locker Cleanout Day. This was Tyler Toffoli when your colleague Danny Austin asked him about whether or not he has any interest in signing long-term with only one year left on his deal. And the whole future of Tyler Toffoli has me of two minds once again because listen to what Tyler had to say. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Tree today and um, definitely want to have some discussions, but um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think Lindy said that, you know, he has a year left and whatever, but uh, it's the same for me, so... um, you have to uh, just prepare like normal, and hopefully I can get something done. If if not, then um, just play and, and just try and have another good year. Guys, you want to stay, man. I think with the way things have gone the last few years, guys who want to stay, I think you have to give them a lot of consideration. And Tyler Toffoli is one of those guys who wants to stay, and I think you need to give him some serious consideration on the whole thing. And so that's where that's where I get really torn because he's also 31. He'll be 32 when a new deal kicks in, and you have to be careful as to how many over 30 guys you have on your roster, especially with Nazem Kadri over 30, six years left. Jonathan Huberto soon to be over 30. He's got eight years left. So it's a real dilemma for me. But any time a guy, especially a guy who just had the best season of his career, is talking about wanting to stay, I don't think I can just point blank, carte blanche, say, nope, got to trade him, or nope, can't re-sign him. Because knowing what has happened with the GM, knowing what has happened with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and, and just all of what goes in to the last number of years for the Flames and being a small market Canadian team, I think you have to consider re-signing him too. I don't think you can dismiss it out of hand. No, absolutely. You can't dismiss it. And and yet you also need to be cautious when signing guys coming off career best seasons. You know, that this is what you did with Jonathan Huberto. And this is what you did with Nazem Kadri. And quite frankly, if you were negotiating today with Jonathan Huberto, you'd be talking probably about a different dollar figure. I shouldn't say probably, of course you would. Yeah. And so I think Tyler Toffoli is a guy who 
ages really well as an NHLer. He's never been a guy who's leaned on his skating to be the the sort of difference in his game. He's, he's a very smart player. It's always he's got been a, his IQ and his shot. Absolutely. He's got a terrific release. And so I think that you are are quite confident in the way that Tyler Toffoli is going to age as an NHLer. You know, he's got the experience. He's got the IQ, as you said. He's he's a proven finisher. And yet, anytime a guy just not only set a career high, but by 15 points, if your math is correct. Yep. It is, and it is. 58 plus 15 is 73. He's going to want a nice raise because he just raised his own bar. Yep. And quite frankly, he's earned to raise it. It's a tough negotiation to go into. But Tyler Toffoli is the sort of player that I think you want to keep around. Absolutely. So what? So this text comes in says, 31 years old, I'd move him at the deadline to a contender. And maybe you do do that. Maybe the way the season is going dictates that you do do that. But what type of contract could you sign him to? Because he'll be kicking in at the age of 32. Could you get him for two? I think you'd get four years in free agency. Yeah, I don't think he's probably going to do two. I think you'd probably need to go four. Yeah. You could probably get him for the same dollar figure. So is that 4.5? So if you went four years, 18 million is probably... You think, he, you think he'd take the same dollar figure, though, after 73 points? I Maybe he wouldn't. Uh, that's a good point. I keep 15 points extra. I did the math myself. Yeah. Um, you might actually probably would have to go up. That's a, that's a really good rebuttal by you, and I take it back immediately. And it's what makes these... 4.25. So maybe it's... Uh, now, age-wise, there's always that that plays into sure. it. So maybe you're talking about in the five range. I think you'd get at least five in unrestricted free agency. And that's what makes these so difficult, is you don't want to insult a guy who was just your leading scorer by... Kind of saying, hey, we'd love to see it again. But, you know, you don't want to offend them. You don't want to basically walk them to unrestricted free agency that way. And so it puts you in a really tough spot. Tyler Toffoli has earned a raise. Tyler Toffoli is almost as important of a piece as you have right now, especially among your forwards. Yeah. And the longer... Daryl Sutter is the coach. He's also an important conduit to Daryl. He's a guy. Thousand percent. He is a guy who understands the way Daryl coaches. He's a he's a guy who I know has tried to help teammates through the way Daryl coaches. There's so much value that comes in Tyler Foley, and yet after 73 points, if that number starts to creep past five and comes with term attached yet you also have to be wary especially for a team that could be in transition yep he's wes i'm pat it's one of the uh real interesting topics throughout the summer as well we're coming at you from our doug lacy's basement systems downtown studio wet basement they have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry if you experience any water in your basement contact basement systems they're all things basementy visit dlbasementsystems.com 
Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flamestock is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, it is time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op. Wine, spirits, beer today. Pat and Wes Gilbertson along with you as this hour of Flamestock rolls on. And it is playoff week for the Calgary Wranglers. They are ready to rock. They start Wednesday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Game one, round two against the Abbotsford Canucks after Calgary's first round bye through the best of three. First round, game one and two, Wednesday, Friday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Wranglers and Canucks. And we welcome in the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays on Flamestock and has all year long. And the year continues for the Wranglers with the postseason now ready to get going. Uh, Mitch joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Mr. Love, appreciate it as always. How we uh, how we feel in about 48 hours away? Well, I would say our guys are probably getting a little antsy uh, as I am, to be honest with you, Pat. It's been uh, a bit of a break here for us um hopefully it it'll be a good little break for us as we hit the ice on, on Wednesday night against a, a very uh very good team in, in Abbotsford but we're, we're getting excited and uh especially to play in front of our uh, loyal fan base here I was gonna say you've known that you're starting on Wednesday for some time and and you've known that you're you know have a, a couple of different opponents that you could play but you've known when you're playing you know you will be playing but it's it's got to feel real now that here we are in the the weeks underway I, I would imagine like everybody's mindset starting to change now yeah we you know once we knew the result of the Tucson Coachella game last night uh, I mean you know we 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 were prepped and ready to kind of get after a little bit more today with our guys in terms of, you know, our opponent and some of their tendencies and, and what we've done well against them during the regular season and uh, you know, where we got to get to here. So, you know, it was good, good work day today over at Winsport here. And, um, you know, we'll have another good day down at the dome tomorrow and, um, you know, get ourselves ready to go and, uh, and try to find a, a win on Wednesday night. You've been practicing since last week, and and you gave the group a little bit of time off once you, the regular season came to an end, and you clinched number one overall. Time some time off, be with the family, get away from the rink, and then back at it last week. How how have you ramped up practices? How have you gotten the the guys gradually more and more into the the intensity and and pace that you'll need for Wednesday night? Well, we took, uh, you know, we got back together essentially as a group last Wednesday with a, a team workout and, and uh, you know, um, kind of a playoff prep meeting and, you know, just kind of ease the guys back into it. And then we had a practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, you know, I would say as the week went on with our three practices, we really ramped up our, you know, our intensity, our competitiveness and our conditioning, you know, through those three practices and took Sunday off and, had a good work day today, um, you know, again, chipping away at some things that we feel like we can use, uh, you know, uh, to, to our advantage against Abbotsford. And, you know, we'll have another good day tomorrow and 
and then it's for real on Wednesday. And uh, like I mentioned, our guys are excited to just, I think, finally play a game, uh, especially at home. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Almost a month here uh, since we've played a home game and, and our guys are excited because we know uh, while we anticipate that there'll be some uh, real nice crowds here supporting the guys uh, in games one and two. Just going and looking at the uh, the old Ticketmaster site. Uh, yeah, looks like looks like ticket sales are going really nicely for Wednesday and Friday for the group. I would I would imagine you talked about even a little bit more of a, a palpable feel for the group when you got on the ice today. Group group feels dialed. Do you like where the the mental preparations at? I think so. I mean, time will tell, I guess. Uh, but, you know, again, we, uh, with our schedule, you know, over the last, let's call it three months, we haven't had a lot of time to practice. So it's been good to get on the ice and, and just chip away at a few things that we feel maybe have slipped in our game, no matter who our opponent is this time of year. Um, you know, but I think now a little bit more, uh, you know, off the ice in terms of just watching uh, our opponent through some video and some of their tendencies and the way they play. Um, obviously, we got a great, crash course there last week uh you know in our final three regular season games i i feel personally uh, that abbotsford over the last month month and a half has played really good hockey in our division um i think we always knew that they were a very good opponent we had some tight games with them all year and um you know obviously they got some guys back from the canucks as well so yeah you know they played a, a great series against bakersfield um and so we're going to need to be at our best to beat this team in this best of five. And, uh, you know, I think our guys have gained some confidence through practice and repetition and, and execution. And, and I think it's just it's a, a matter of going out and, and trying to outcompete our opponent. When the schedule came out on Sunday, Mitch, a lot of questions came flooding in about, hold on a second, Wranglers are the number one seed in the American League. Why only the two games at home? And, uh, you know, quickly explained to, to some people. We even talked about it later uh, earlier this hour. A couple people texted in about it. You know, why the two games at home and then Abbotsford gets the three on the road. Now, that was your choice as the higher-seeded team to choose either the first two on home ice or the last three on home ice. Can you, from a, a coach's standpoint, go into why you went with the first two at the Scotiabank Saddledome? Uh, you know what? Uh, you, you work so hard during the regular season to, to put yourself in a position to be at home, to start a playoff series. Um, you know, I think just there's something to be said about being at home, sleeping in your own bed for an extra few days uh, before hitting the road. Um, and we feel, to be honest with you, Pat, like we've been one of the best road teams in the American Hockey League all year. So yeah. our guys our guys aren't phased by going on the road and competing in other teams' buildings. And, and obviously, you know, if you watch the first two games, uh, you know, with Bakersfield and, and Abbotsford, uh, a great atmosphere there in Abbotsford. But it, it's been like that for us all year when we go in there. I mean, Obviously, there's Flames fans in British Columbia, and there's Canucks fans in Alberta. So there's the fanfare on each side is going to be in a great atmosphere for, for in both buildings. Um, but we feel like this is this is where we need to start. And you know, again, we haven't been at home for some time. Our guys have a great level of excitement, and and we've got to try to take advantage of our home ice here. And then you got to go on the road. And if you want to win in the playoffs, you got to win on the road. And uh, no better chance to go through this format. Hey, do I agree with the format? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't have a vote at the end of the day at the owners meetings in terms (laughs) of how this works in our division. And, 
uh, we just take the you know whatever the cards were dealt and, and try to win hockey games. He's Mitch Love. I love that answer, by the way. Mitch Love's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. They start their second-round playoff series against the Abbotsford Canucks on Wednesday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. He joins us weekly here on Flames Talk. He's joining us right now with Pat and Wes Gilbertson. Wes? Mitch, let me just piggyback on, on what you were just saying for a second. Can you, you know, there's not a lot of teams in the AHL that play in a rink that has the number of seats, obviously, the Saddledome does can you just describe what sort of lift it could give your group to walk out there wednesday and friday and and see that place pretty close to packed yeah i, I mean i i saw it over the last couple months uh west like you know again i think once the interest of of the team and and a little bit of okay we we have more hockey here as a fan to to go watch in the american hockey league and the wranglers uh, our, our crowds grew, and, and our, our guys sensed that. They, they asked those questions, hey, what kind of crowd are we going to have tonight, lover? You know, like like I work in the ticket department or something, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> not in the ticket department you know, and they, not at owner's meetings. Check. Yeah, Two checks. So, you know, I just coach the team, right? So, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it means something to the guys. And when we see that lower bowl packed, and then, you know, you got – you sprinkle in some fans in the upper bowl. Um, you know, obviously I think we anticipate even greater crowds than that. I, I mean, it's, it's an uplifting atmosphere for our, for our players. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta play to the emotion of the fans, but you gotta keep your emotions in check this time of year. And, and, you know, that's going to be a challenge for us coming out of the gate, especially when we haven't played a home game in some time. Um, but again, I, I feel like we got a lot of maturity in our locker room. Uh, to handle that, and uh, we're, we're just excited to get get going here on, on home ice on Wednesday. You uh, you were a really tough guy, I know, during his career. You could be very persuasive, I think, in a, a ticket role. Well, I'd like to think so. I mean, <laughs> uh, you never know in this business. I could be selling tickets at some point, so, you know, it's... Uh, you know, I, again, I, I we play in such a great hockey market here, as you both know. Um, you know, I've, I've heard loosely some numbers that potentially will be in, in the building on, on Wednesday and Friday, and it's just going to be great to be back at home ice here and playing some playoff hockey in the city of Calgary. I know you're obviously firmly looking ahead to Wednesday and, and Friday against the Abbotsford Canucks, but if we can go quickly back to the end of last week, Explain for us why voters got it right when they named Dustin Wolf the AHL MVP. Well, it's a no-brainer. Uh, I mean, if you just look sh- on, on sheer numbers, um, and that's a bit of what obviously the voters go on in terms of, of the outside uh, perspective. I mean, his numbers were, were almost record-breaking, right? I mean, I read some things that he's the most wins by a goalie in this league since the 1960s, and you know, he's one of the younger guys to get MVP in, in, a, in a very tough position. And uh, I mean, it's 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 phenomenal, really. At the end of the day, that's probably the biggest word that comes to mind when when uh, when a, a young man receives a reward like that. Um, but when you you see it every day and you, you're around it every day in practice and preparation and games, and I mean, he he puts a lot into it, and and he he rightfully deserved that honor. Um, and again, if you talk to Dustin, he quickly veers his answers towards hey, good job. Congratulations on the MVP, but he goes right to his teammates, the guys in front of him, getting in shooting lanes, limiting secondary opportunities, helping him out and uh, be one of the best players in our league, if not the best player. And, you know, now it's this time of year. It's, it's, uh, it's a bigger trophy. We got to chase and Dustin knows that. And so is our team. 
just last one for me. And and we ask the guys, or I ask the guys all the time about you know watching NHL games. What are you looking for when you watch the Flames? What are you looking for? I, I'm curious for you because it's different. I'm sure as a coach, it, you know when when you sit down and, and you get a minute to watch some Stanley Cup playoff hockey or. You know, if you if you had the TV on the last week and change, what what do you look for in terms of what can a coach take from what we're watching on our flat screens every night? Well, just the emotion. You know, I, I think that's part of it right now with this layoff for our guys. Is, you know, they're all tuning into NHL hockey. Uh, you know, two three games a day, depending on the day and. It, it really kind of almost gives you a little bit of adrenaline and, and goosebumps watching it and, you know, seeing these buildings full and, and full of energy and, and emotion. And, you know, and also like the biggest thing for me, and I, I mean, you guys follow it every day, it, just how important discipline is. I mean, the, you, you look at some of these series right now. Yeah, we can, we can question the officiating here and there. Um, but some of the teams, that, the teams that are so mature and don't let the emotions get the best of them and, that's playoff hockey. You got to really manage the game, whether that's your emotions in those situations, it's, it's managing the puck, limiting your mistakes. Um, just the little details that are important this time of year uh, for the ultimate team success. I, I think you, you see that you see guys fitting into roles and, and executing those roles to a T uh, this time of year. You might have a guy in the regular season in the NHL that had a, a phenomenal year offensively, but might slip down to a third, fourth line role. Now he's asked to check. I mean, if you want to win a championship, whether it's a Calder Cup or the Stanley Cup, you, you need those guys to fulfill roles and, and do them to a T, and you need everybody this time of year. Uh, I think that's what's the best part about this time of year, and, and uh, I can't wait to get started. Just a few more with Mitch Love, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. First of all, I uh, did have to ask you about a neat piece of business done by the Flames today and uh, a guy that will be a key part in your postseason Kind of neat to see Walker Dewar sign a two-year contract extension. Nice little reward for him after the great two years he's had uh, playing for you. That that must be uh, pretty gratifying to see today. Yeah, it's all him. I mean, it's uh, you know, here's a young man that came to this organization a few years ago, a little bit during the COVID year here in Calgary, and then obviously in Stockton all last year, and and then with us in the Flames this year. So, you know, uh, comes to show. Uh, the amount of work that it takes that you got to put in as a player uh, to continue to get better and, and you get rewarded for that. And, you know, I think with, with Walker, I've seen him come such a long ways uh, from the beginning of last year to, to this year and what he did in the National Hockey League and what he's done with us here and, and what we need him to do in the playoffs now. Um, you know, he, it's funny, we were just, I was talking to Walker the other day just about kind of roles in the playoffs and whatnot and here's a young man that was on our fourth line in the playoffs last year, you know, and, and, you know, he was a key contributor down the stretch for the Flames, scoring seven goals and 27 games. And, you know, uh, it's a, it's a cool story really when you look back at it and uh, no matter if you're a first round pick or an undrafted player, you put the work in, you take advantage of your opportunities when you get them, uh, you get rewarded and he's going to be a big player for us here. Uh, in this playoff series, in this playoff run. And, and uh, I can't be happier for him and his family, and, and he's definitely earned that. 
Well, and I guess uh, for you, Mitch, to wrap it up, your group's seen a lot of your playoff opponent. Your last three games of the regular season were in their building in the lower mainland. Now you've got at least three here against the Abbotsford Canucks again. Set us up for this playoff series, and uh, what do you see as the big challenges for your group in round two against the Canucks? Well, we... um those games in Abbotsford were really key for us heading into the series. I, I think we hadn't seen them in a while. And like I mentioned earlier, they were playing some really good hockey as we headed in there. Uh, they've added a few bodies from the Canucks, uh, you know, over the last week or so. Um, but th- for me, the biggest thing that I took away from, you know, from our three game setup there was just how competitive we have to be in all facets of our game, loose puck battles, you know, being firm at both nets, um, paying the price, uh, just managing games. Um, they're, they're a very good team. I, I, I always thought that throughout the regular season. Um, there was a lot of movement there with the Canucks this year, as we all know. Um, so I'm not sure they ever really had their team. They have their team now. They're well coached. Um, we're going to have to be at our best here as a team to beat that team. And uh, we're, we're ready for the challenge. We're excited for the challenge. Um, and, and it's the best time of year, and uh, we, we feel like that's a real worthy opponent, and we're excited uh, for the opportunity. Excited to watch your group at the Dome starting on Wednesday, Mitch. Really looking forward to it. Good luck, hey. We're looking forward to Wednesday and Friday night, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, all the success for the Calgary Wranglers. Thanks for doing this, as always, today. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. That's Mitch Love. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Calgary's is the only family of products curated for the taste of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. As we start to wrap up this hour, thanks to Wes, thanks to Mitch Love, thanks to Walker Dewar, who joined us, and of course, Cam and Taylor, our producers. That'll do it for the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key-to-like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.